0: Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm with the proclamation of the faith of our heart, the promise that relates to the coming of Jesus Christ, when he at the door of hope will come be glorified in the bodies of his saints. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your name for the privilege of being in this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your name. And now allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted up to heights that are not reachable for us, and destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service all of the works of devil be cursed. Illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic possession, all matter of fear, depression, destruction, Ignorance and error, all of this may depart from your holy nation. And now stand, O Lord, upon the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed into your salvation and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your spirit, saturate us with your Holy Spirit, allow us to find your great face. We thank you that the service is presented by Apostle Arkady into your godly hands. We pray, lead it with a powerful arm. Our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Please be blessed. You may be seated. Jeremiah 6:16. 6, Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. The, na- the sermon is called or named returning to the old path of good. This is not just a sermon. This is the elementary teaching. And I think that is what it is for us. That's why we again and again return to this teaching And we are not forced to return to this teaching, because every time we return to them, we reveal something new. In our church, our pastor has never forced anyone to return to this teaching. Everyone who goes through it, returns to it, it does it voluntarily and with great joy, because this is the revelation of God. That is reflected in the book of Genesis and all the way through and ends also in the book of Revelations. Returning to the old path of good, the opportunity to find or to return to the old path of good is the opportunity to come into the kingdom of heaven through the narrow gate. The narrow gate is the elementary teaching of Christ, the governing teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh Matthew seven thirteen fourteen. 14 enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it and as we have n- noted previously returning to the old path of good or finding the narrow gate in the teaching of Jesus Christ is not something many achieve, and this, per the many statements of Christ, means that not many who, due to their stiff neck and their ignorance, will not be able to find the narrow gate in the elementary teaching of Christ, but they will instead inherit eternal destruction. But those who will humble their heart before God and will become his student will be able to enter the narrow gate and walk the narrow path demonstrated in the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ, they will be able to inherit eternal life. As a basis for our study of the old path of good, we turn to the words of Apostle Paul, who, by the mercy and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was successfully able to, in short and exact definitions, explain the consistency of the order that exists within the teaching of Christ. Hebrews 6 1 through 2, and Pastor has allowed us to see this place in a more elaborated form. Explained to us. Therefore, sprinkling yourself with the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ, and clothing yourself into the armor of light, which consists in the rule of this teaching, we will then build ourselves into a house of God, because it is not possible to lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of the faith toward God, of the doctrine of the baptisms, laying on of the hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment a very elaborated explanation of this place. As Apostle Paul had written that leaving the elementary teaching of Christ, we will go on to perfection. And as the church was overfilled with uh, men of flesh, carnal men, they made the determination that Leaving means to put away and uh leaving meaning get rid of, put away, and go on to perfection. But actually when it says leaving, that means leave with yourself, put it into your foundation and begin building upon this foundation and begin sprinkling yourself with this truth so that you have the right to approach God. This is what it means to leave, leave it with you. In a specific format as much as God has allowed and according to the measure of our faith. We already studied the doctrine of baptisms, including the baptism of water, Holy Spirit, and fire. Therefore, according to the order of of sequence presented by the Holy Spirit by Apostle Paul, we will turn to the next doctrine, the doctrine of laying on of the hands, which contains three ascending steps of covenants with God. And these are the covenant of blood, the covenant of salt, and the covenant of rest. The co- If we shortly identify each of these covenants, the covenant of blood in the baptism of water is called to sanctify us and give God the ability to write our new names into the book of life. The covenant of salt in the baptism of the Holy Spirit is called to destroy the power of sin and in doing so give us the ability to hallow God in our bodies and our souls which are God's. And third, the covenant of rest in the baptism of fire is called to lead us into the rest of God which is the Sabbath of the eternal day where we receive the ability to demonstrate fruit shown by us in holiness within our bodies and our souls. And these three covenants, that doesn't mean we have three alternatives or options that we can choose one, two, or three of them. The scriptures offer this or give this to us as one. Why are there three? Because we need to grow into it. We're not born as spiritual. We're first born carnal and then spiritual. And God has given us in one covenant three functions. One covenant, but three functions. The covenant of blood and salt and rest. And so in the blood... I'm written into the Book of Life, but these names can be blotted out. How, Lord, how do I do it so that my name is not blotted out? I have also another, a a Book of Memories, a Book of Remembrance of all those who honor me and serve me, and so that your your own deeds would be written into it, a Book of Deeds, In the covenant of blood, this was the book (coughs) of the works of Jesus Christ, the deeds that he has done, and we were justified in the resurrection of Christ. The covenant of salt is the... This is the covenant of blood. This is the the book of the works of Jesus Christ. The book of remembrance are deeds that are done by me in Jesus Christ. And when God will be determining a person whether he can he will receive eternity or what will happen the book of life and the book of remembrance both will be opened. so got Christ's deeds and then our deeds uh, and so the covenant of blood is where our name is written this is the book of the deeds of Jesus Christ this allows us to go into heaven and then the in the covenant of salt then will determine how close we will be with god whether we will be in the very jerusalem with jesus christ or we will be out in the outer, outer cities and not close to jesus christ that's where all of our deeds are written into the book of remembrance and the covenant of salt and so one covenant in three functions covenant of blood covenant of salt and covenant of rest and they are in the teaching of the laying on or doctrine of the laying on of the hands The doctrine of the laying on of the hands is a teaching about making a mutual covenant between God and man. The act itself of laying on of hands is a legitimate and legal aspect where a person symbolically, personally signs an agreement with God, where he consciously and voluntarily commits to serve God with a good conscience. This is therefore why three covenants combined are identified and called the doctrine of laying on of the hands. Leviticus 1.4, then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and he will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. And so the covenant of blood, salt, and rest is the teaching of laying on of the hands or doctrine of laying on of the hands. And so this is when a person voluntarily himself, with his hand, signs the contract with God. As today, if you go to the administrative office, uh, they're, you're given paperwork, you have to sign it with ink. In our case, in the, in the, we here sign, or our name is written into the Book of Life. And so the sign that we make, we, the, how we sign, we sign it with our mouth you're asked do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of god and you say i believe this is the signature and so then when he says i believe you sign the document and then you are put in the water submerged in the water in the baptism of water <clears throat> and so when you say i believe you die for your then the the world and everything that has to do with the world. At this time your name is written then into the book of life. And so the next then is the covenant of salt and rest. There will be then a new sheet of paper, or many sheets of paper, clean pieces of paper, where our deeds are being written and written and written as a book of remembrance. And so sometimes you begin to think, maybe I need to return to this or this act or or situation that has occurred, uh, that is written as a deed of yours, and you start, and you're worried about it. It may not, you don't know if it's a sin or not, but you sometimes are concerned. And so it's important to sometimes clarify if things are bothering you as to what, um, whether they are sin or not, or whether repentance is needed in those things. The doctrine of laying in of the hands in the three covenants combined is the confession of the, of the faith of our heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him for, for our justification, Romans 10, 9, 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so it's not enough that you believe with your heart, you also need to confess. You believe with your heart, but you need to confess. You won't receive salvation if you won't state in your life that you believe. You speak it. And so, of course, in in faith, when you're submerged, in faith means that in the flood of Noah, all friends and legalized sins and all other personal understandings, opinions, experiences, uh, all of this is submerged into this flood. And of course when you're saying you believe with faith and so a person comes up and says I want to be baptized in water, I ask him "What what are you doing in the baptism of water? This is a covenant you're making with God. You're going to be submerged into the flood of Noah. So that everything in your telephone contacts you might be having to remove 90%. And all of this will be lost in the submerge, when you submerge yourself into the flood. Things that don't allow us. To grow spiritually, I'm not saying that you can't use applications and you can use them reasonably, but if they don't allow us to move forward, then we need to decide what to do with these specific apps or instruments that we're using. In a particular format, we already studied the covenant of blood and the covenant of salt and stopped to study the third step within the covenant, that is, the covenant of peace or the covenant of rest, about which it is written, Ezekiel thirty-seven twenty-six 26-28. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary in their midst forevermore. My tabernacle also, also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The nations also shall know that I am the Lord, sanctifying Israel when my, when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore, Ezekiel 37, 26 through 28. In the given place, the phrase eternal peace, written in regards to the, the covenant of God with man, is equivalent to the phrase eternal rest, because the phrase eternal peace in the given place of, uh, means eternal rest, eternal calmness, eternal day, eternal peacefulness, eternal welfare, <coughs> eternal prosperity, eternal well-being, eternal safety, eternal amicability or friendship, eternal joy, eternal celebration, and eternal fellowship. And so in the covenant of rest, this is an eternal covenant. The covenant of peace, an eternal covenant, all of this speaks of the same covenant you make in the (coughs) baptism of fire. Within the within the foundation of the wall of the New Jerusalem, the covenant of rest is the sixth. The covenant of rest is the sixth and is made of the precious Sardius stone. Revelation twenty one nineteen The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones, the sixth foundation Sardius. The covenant of rest, sixth foundation, Serdius. Serdius means making the heart happy or glad or giving the heart rest. As much as we know, Serdius, a variety of onyx, is also upon the breastplate of judgment of the high priest. And as a result, when it comes to the potential of the Serdius stone, God, by the means of the urm and the thummim, specifically utilized the function and voice of rest rest has a voice which implied the voice of quiet or 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 silence the voice of peace the voice of peacefulness the voice of of tranquility the voice of calmness or the voice of quiet or the quiet wind or breeze it is specifically with this voice of a quiet wind God spoke with prophet Elijah when he was seeking God and ended up in a cave of the mountain of God, Horeb. And so again, it was not just in the foundations, the Sardius Ser- stone, it also was on the breastplate of judgment. And because it was on the breastplate of judgment, God had the right to the voice. The covenant of blood has a voice. The covenant of salt has a voice. The covenant of rest has a voice. The covenant of blood is when we state before the presence of God. that Thank you, God, that with your blood you redeemed us from all tribes, languages, and people, and have made us kings and priests, and we will rule with you. Thank you for this. This is the covenant of blood. The covenant of salt says, I count myself dead to sin, living for you, and proclaim the not existent, dependence independence of jealousy or independence of any any other <coughs> sin as existent. I proclaim this dependence the existing dependence as non existent. This is the covenant of salt. We feel there's a battle now here. We're doing something ourselves here. We are in a battle here. And here there's a very different type of confession than the covenant of rest. You speak not other as if other words, but a different state, <clears throat> the state of a quiet calm wind. And it is called the voice of the quiet wind. And how is it relating to the covenant of rest and the baptism of fire? This is the perfect will. What name was written upon this precious thirtieth stone? The name of the son, Shem. If you remember on the first stone, there was the first name. This is Simon, who was also called Peter. He was Simon, son of Jonah, also known as Cephas. And in the last name <coughs> it wasn't a name, it was Simon, as we know, is to hear. And if we make a covenant of blood, then we allow ourselves to hear, God speaks to us. But when we come into the perfect will, everything becomes calm completely and it's in the in the state of quiet and in the state of quiet uh, Elijah hears the words why are you here he came into the cave and God began to speak to him why are you here Elijah in the songs of Solomon it is written to the beloved to the beloved that she is within the breaches and within because her voice is sweet here in the covenant of rest, the Lord wants to create the atmosphere of quiet, and everything becomes silent, and He wants to hear His, His church. In the covenant of blood, He wants to speak. In the covenant of rest, He is; everything becomes quiet, and He wants to hear us. And this name, uh, Simon, in the in this case. And so, in the name Simon, we hear God. We we listen to God. We hear God. And so, how much the Lord focuses upon a person. In the in the quiet that he wants to, that he that he wants to have in the presence of the silence and this quiet, he wants to hear his uh, hear his person. He wants to hear his church, and this person is in this cave that is a symbolically the death of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us remember the name of the apostle written upon the sixth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem. This is Bartholomew. <clears throat> Matthew 10 3. Now, the name of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter. Second, Andrew, his brother. Third, James, the son of Zebedee. Fourth, John, his brother. Uh, fifth, Philip. And sixth, Bartholomew. The name Bartholomew, which is noted here by the Holy Spirit in the book of Gospel of Matthew, means the son of Tholomew. Bartholomew, the son of Tholomew. So, practically, this is... <clears throat> really the the name of the father thalameu son of the father son of okay. thalameu So in our case, as we know that in our naming, uh, in the naming convention that we have, when we name it uh, our children, that we have the first name, and then that we name the name of the father, or as we say that he is of this father, and so you say the name of the father, or coming from this, from this person, this child is coming, or this person is coming from this father, or from this uh, parent. There are circumstances sometimes when names need to be changed. Uh, sometimes names were passed down due to certain professions or certain habits or other things that a person was involved with. These names were then created and passed down to the children. And so if of course our name has uh, our, our, our last name or, or whatever it may be um, from a, a not a good source or not good and has a bad meaning to it, uh, you do have the, the opportunity to change the, your name. In Jesus Christ, you can. Because uh, sometimes these names even carry the sinful code, uh, sin, the sins of, of the forefathers. However, in the Gospel of John, the son of Tholomew, that is Bartholomew, is called by his personal name, Nathanael. His name is Nathanael. And so Nathanael, son of Tholomeo, is really what his name is, which means gift of God. When Nathanael met with Christ, Christ called him a real Israelite in whom is no deceit. John through 47 Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to, to him, come and see, because Nazareth, that's why he asked, can anything good come out of, come out of Nazareth, Nazareth, as uh, he knew he was supposed to come from Bethlehem, the Messiah. And so he was not just, uh, as we know, he was also a Nazarite, so does, which required a spe- specific type of dedication. But he was born in Nazareth, and so, and he was in prayer with God at this time, Nathaniel, and Philip said, uh, "We found the one that the prophets, the prophets wrote about." And Philip said to, to him, "Come and see." Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. And after this, we, if you keep reading, he says, how, did you, how do you know me? How do you know that I have no deceit? And so he says, Before you came here, I saw you under the fig tree where you were praying. Jesus said, Nathanael understood that there was no one around the fig tree when he was praying. Only Yahweh was there. And he's the first of the apostles. That you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. The other apostles were asking. Are you the one that's supposed to come? Who is this? But this Nathaniel who is praying. And to whom he had said. I was just with you therefore the third name given to nathaniel the son of tholomew is a real israelite or an israelite indeed in whom is no deceit and so the name written upon the sixth foundation of the wall of the heavenly jerusalem made of sardius stone means the sun of the father the gift of god who is an example of true prayer and an atmosphere of true worship for all who come to the father you see how much our pastor has revealed in the name nathaniel an israelite a true israelite where there's no deceit and so it is the son of the father the gift of god who is an example of true prayer and the atmosphere of true worship for all who come to the Father. Looking at this, we can conclude that the name written upon the sixth foundation made of the precious Sirdius represents, in the covenant of rest, a true atmosphere for worshiping the Father in prayer, in spirit, and in truth. John four twenty three twenty four. 24 But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father is seeking such to worship him God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth <laughs> To worship with the Holy Spirit and it, with the truth worshiping in spirit and in truth these who believe In the Urm and the Thummim, they have the Urm and the Thummim inside and worship according to the truth that's in their spirit. Ask any person, any leader of a church, what does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth, and each will give their own explanation. And so, for and so, worshiping the the truth needs to be written in your heart first to be able to then worship in spirit and in truth. The fact that the Heavenly Father is in search of worshipers who would be able to worship Him in spirit and in truth speaks of the fact that He is not yet satisfied and that He is not yet in His rest. Isaiah 66, 1-2 Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made and all those things exist... Says the Lord, but on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. God, due to his omnipresence, simultaneously exists in the past, present, and future, and when he begins speaking to us with the speech of eternity, then he is showing us the word that is finished or complete. But when he changes the speech to the present, then he shows. <clears throat> that his he is not yet in his rest and continues to act therefore considering that the name of the apostle identifying and determining the nature of the covenant of rest in the sixth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem made of sardius stone means the son of the father that is the gift of god who is a true example of prayer and atmosphere of true worship for all those who come to the father it is necessary for us to study in what situations is this name found in scripture in in its functions demonstrated in the virtue of prayer and worship because it is specifically true prayer and true worship that identified the virtues of the covenant of rest and we will have eight components of the power contained in this name nathaniel first component of power contained in the name nathaniel the son of tholomew one representing the virtues of true worship is demonstrated in the abilities of the holy spirit to hover over the Without form and void, darkness, the depths of waters, representing the concealed thoughts of God. Genesis 1:1-2. 1, 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Mm. Specifically, in the acts of the Holy Spirit, do we see an example of a true prayer and a a a true prayer and a true worshiper who makes real the concealed thoughts of God covered with darkness of the depths of the waters and so again without the Holy Spirit any thought of God cannot be revealed and the Holy Spirit here is the first example of a worshiper a true prayer and Jesus saw this example in the Holy Spirit also uh, of how you need to hover over the thoughts of God, and so uh, Jesus looked at the Holy Spirit and learned, and the Holy Spirit looked to the Father and learned from the Heavenly Father how we need to uh, proclaim the words that the thoughts of God, and then how we need to obey them as well. The verb hovering, identifying the nature and image of worship, means that the Holy Spirit, by the means of his acts, first intercepted and judged the thoughts of God in the mysterious darkness of the depths of the waters, trembled and worried from knowing the thoughts of God, placed himself in dependence of the thoughts of God, hovering, this is what hovering is, focused on the thoughts of God and warmed them with himself, captured them with himself and moved over them with the speed of lightning, and expressed his readiness to immediately fulfill the thoughts of God. This is this word: the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. The Holy Spirit hovered over the thoughts of God. He was warming them. He was uh, ready and prepared to fulfill them immediately when the Lord would speak. When He said, "Let there be light," and there was light. <clears throat> And it it isn't that the Lord said, let there be light, and a month later there became light. Things work differently because the Holy Spirit, He was hovering, hovering, being ready. This is my faith that collaborates with the faith of God. The faith of God is God's commandments. My faith obeys these commandments as soon as it hears them and so the key word is being ready and to be ready is to meditate uh... to study to to evaluate to look at to dig into all the things that are required according to the given examples of worship we conclude that it is impossible to worship god without knowing his perfect will and without a yearning desire to immediately fulfill this will to worship god it is necessary to know the perfect will of god that is concealed in his thoughts and for this purpose it is necessary to possess specific virtues and instruments allowing us to intercept the thoughts of god and to judge these thoughts where are these instruments the instruments that will allow us to hover over these waters over these thoughts and to intercept these thoughts it's written first corinthians 2 9 through 16. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. And it says the Lord has revealed to us. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. For the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. And he judges all things because he has the urm and the thummim, yet he is him, himself is judged right, uh, rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the urm and the thummim. However, to intercept the thoughts of God and judge them by the power of the mind of Christ, it is necessary to be within the order of God which is present in the hierarchical subordination of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God the Father is the architect of all creation and all order in which all creation, both visible and invisible, is called to abide. God the Son is the engineer of all order and creation. God the Holy Spirit is the worker producing or making all creation and all order in which this creation needs to abide strictly and in accordance with the plans and drawings of the architect being God the Father and the engineer being God the Son. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is the worker he, he 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 does he creates what the architect has drawn out. <clears throat> And so the, the Jesus learned from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit learned from the architect, the Father. Second component of power contained in the name Nathanael, the son of Ptolemy, one re- representing the virtue of, of true worship, is demonstrated in offering sacrifices, drawing the favor of God upon man. Genesis 4, 3-5. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. <clears throat> Repeatedly encountering this place of scripture, we paid attention to the fact that God first looks at the heart of man and only after at his offering. And if the heart of man is not in accordance with the requirements of worshipers of God, then However correct our offering may appear in our eyes, it will be defiled by our heart. Our heart needs to be prepared to confess the Word of God, preparing our altar. Exodus 29, 36, 37. You shall anoint it to sanctify it. Seven days you shall make atonement for the altar. Your heart, seven days. That's cleansing your heart in the truth. Seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and the altar shall be most holy. Whatever touches the altar must be holy. Now everything a person confesses, it will be sanctified because of the altar is <coughs> is ready. The heart of man is the focus and place of the motives of man. And so the heart of man is the focus and place of the motives of man, his goals, and his aspirations. The heart that is not cleansed from dead works will use the right words to pursue its own goals, which do not correspond to the goals of God. Such an offering or such a prayer is witchcraft. It is the kind of offering that was brought by Cain as well as Balaam. Mm. And so... You can take the, pl- these words, and if your heart is not cleansed from dead works, and you start confessing, it will have no use. Just like in the, in the situation of Cain and Balaam. They're prayers that God does not receive. They're offerings that God does not receive. <laughs> such an offering or such a prayer, again, is witchcraft. It is the kind of offering that was brought by Cain as well as Balaam. They use the right offering or the right words to achieve goals that are hateful to God. This is specifically why God did not accept Cain or his offering or Balaam or his offering. True worship can only happen upon the level of a pure and dedicated to God heart, in the Holy Spirit and with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if the heart of man is not dedicated and not cleansed by God, From dead works and after not dedicated and not placed independence of god then this means that this person does not satisfy the requirements of a worshiper in the eyes of god the kind that god is seeking third component of power contained in the name nathaniel the son of of tholomew one representing the virtue of a true worshiper is demonstrated in walking with god in the garden in the cool of the day Genesis 3, 8 through ten, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. The atmosphere in which worship to God is supposed to happen is demonstrated in walking with God. we see that Adam could not walk with God. The Lord was in the Eden, in the cool of the day, and he was calling for Adam. You're supposed to be walking in in the cool of the day with me. You're supposed to have fellowship with me. And he couldn't find Adam. And so in the cool of the day is in in the bliss of God. Let us find this place in Scripture who did walk before God. There is such a person. Genesis five twenty-two through 24 <clears throat> After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. We will pay attention to the circumstance where Enoch received the opportunity to walk with God or to become a worshipper of God but only after he bore Methuselah. Methuselah, in Hebrew mutashallah <clears throat> maybe the pronunciation is not exactly perfect but that's that's similar to how how it's supposed to be said driving away death is the is the meaning of of mutushalah. looking at this image we can conclude that true worship in the result of the fruit of our spirit demonstrated in the fruit of holiness which is presented in the power of salt. Again, this is the fruit of our spirit demonstrated in the fruit of holiness by which then grace can reign through righteousness. In this case, Methuselah, in Hebrew, Mutushala. Only after the power of salt in the format of holiness has destroyed in the heart of Enoch the power of inherited sin, he was able to receive the seed of the kingdom of heaven contained in the virtue of his name Enoch. It turns out that without Methuselah whom he bore, he could not open up the potential of his name Enoch. We also, if we take in the promise of rapture, (coughs) for this promise to be ours, Enoch re- opened up his potential in his name only after he bore Methuselah. And so saying, May the Lord come about rapture. Talking about the promise of the door of our hope. Methuselah, the one that drives away death. You need to receive the revelation of Methuselah. And what Methuselah are we referring to? You you may hear the question. Enoch revealed his potential in after he bore Methuselah. Enoch is dedicated to God by, by by sanctification, so sanctifying to dedicate yourself. We conclude that to fulfill our purpose which we receive in a new name, in the blood of the covenant, it is necessary to fulfill the requirement contained in the covenant of salt. The name Enoch, is in the covenant of blood but in the covenant of, of Methuselah then we receive and we begin to open up, He Methuselah opens up this dedication of Enoch, <clears throat> the potential that was in his name Enoch, dedicated to God. And only after now being salted or sanctified are we able to dedicate ourselves to God so that we can walk before God and worship Him in, in accordance with the demands contained in the covenant of rest we will pay attention to one other circumstance relating to the name Methuselah, since this name is figured also in the genealogy of Cain. Enoch, who walked before God, came from the line of Seth, who was given by God to Eve instead of the killed by Cain son Abel. And so in the genealogy of Cain, there was also a Methuselah. And so it's a promise that's given, but they take it in a very strange way. Instead of driving away death, they bring death upon themselves. The genealogy of Cain is a genealogy representing the image of false worship, where all flesh has perverted its way before God, for which God has... as a result sent the waters of the flood and destroyed not just the line of Cain but also those sons of God who abandoned what is true worship and received rather the image of the worship of Cain the first that Cain did when God drove him out from the face of the ground he hid from the face of God and settled in the land of of Nod which means land of banishment and there in the land of banishment he bore his firstborn and named him Enoch dedication and from Enoch From the Enoch that was born from Cain in the third generation came a Methuselah as well. However, the name Methuselah, the one that came from Cain in Hebrew is not Mutushalah, driving away death, but rather Metushael, asking for death or carrier of death. And so, same promise, with one you drive away death, the other, taking this promise, they take de- draw death upon themselves and God's judgments. And so, in this principle, what do, what did I understand for myself? What genealogy do I belong to? There was an Enoch and Methuselah in one end and the other, but there was Enoch, who was seventh from Adam, and here at the first, Enoch was first. And so this is when a person uses the principles in the covenant of salt, but applies them in the covenant of blood. And they begin to confuse the things from one and the other. When we take the principles in the covenant of salt and begin to do them in the covenant of blood, trying to earn our salvation, trying to fast and pray, to earn and do work so that I can finally be saved somehow. This is, this is you applying the things in the Covenant of Salt in the Covenant of Blood, which you cannot do. <clears throat> mm. Or if you're in the Covenant of Salt and you say, no, well, the Lord has done everything for me. No, you need to return back to the first uh, level and start from the very first level to go and go upward from there. A very interesting uh, component that we just studied. The, now, the fourth component of power contained in the name Nathaniel, the son of Bar- of Tholomew, one representing the virtue of true worship, is demonstrated in exiting or coming out of the ark of salvation and onto renewed, a renewed earth. Genesis eight one through twenty one through twenty one. Then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were. With him in the ark of god and god made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters subsided then god spoke to noah saying go out of the ark you and your wife and your sons and your sons wives with you bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you br- birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may be about may abound on the earth and be fr- fruitful and multiply on the earth so noah went out and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him Every animal, every creeping thing, every bird, and whatever creeps on the earth, according to their families, went out of the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird, offering, offered burnt offerings on the altar, and the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. In Hebrew, the meaning of the v- the verb remembered means keeping in the memory of the heart, acknowledge as a holy thing, demonstrate your peacefulness in the multitude of riches, bringing into the, s- into the sphere of your well-being, Therefore the phrase God remembered Noah and every living thing within the ark means you and your house will be saved. And God remembered Noah and all who were with him. You and your house will be saved. And so this promise that you and your house will be saved is in the covenant of rest. This is only for the people who are in the covenant of rest who had passed already the covenant of blood, salt. Those in the covenant of salt can't take this promise for themselves. People who also were uh, went up on this ladder, up upon these steps and then fell from there also cannot take hold of this promise. It works only for those people who are in the covenant of rest. What do we do so that I could be led in the covenant of rest, and so you need to uh, judge my, my 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 the house of my father, my personal desires, clean myself thoroughly. There's a great uh, there's a great uh, requirement for these promises there's no automatic salvation that exists until Noah and all who lived with him in the ark came out of the ark and upon the renewed earth they were not able to enter the Lord's rest although God previously made a covenant of rest with them according to which he promised to lead them into his rest and the reason why they were in the ark of the salvation and were not able to rest from all their works was because God had not yet rested from his works but when God visited the sons of men with his flood and had judged them, only then did the Lord find his rest from his works. After he condemned the world, then he found his rest. And when God found, found his rest from his works, he then did he remember his covenant that he previously made with Noah and his family and led them out upon the renewed land, which is a prototype of our body, as well as the new heaven and new earth, <clears throat> upon which we will reap the results of our <clears throat> of our sowing as well the true component of worship is to first take part in condemning the wicked just as noah did and also keeping the word of perseverance so we can in the future partake in his resurrection Hebrews eleven seven By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. And so he prepared the ark, but that doesn't mean he was yet saved. He needed to go into this ark. The Lord needed to do his work. And after the Lord rests from His works in our life, then He will tell us to come out and onto a renewed land as well. And so, in this situation, it's very important and vital that we focus on those things. The absence of an understanding of our role in worship and also being able to allow judgment to come upon the wicked doesn't will not then mean means then that we are not worshippers of God. Only fulfilling the requirements contained in the covenant of rest are we able to then become possessors of the covenant of rest contained in God, Numbers 25:10 through 13. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying. Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned back my wrath from their children of Israel because he was zealous with my zeal among them so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. Therefore uh, Therefore, say, behold, I give to him my covenant of peace and it shall be to him and his descendants after him a covenant of an everlasting priesthood because he was zealous for his God and made atonement for the children of Israel. And so Phinehas saw that the Lord was destroying the Jews uh, and he decided he's going to go in and uh, get rid of, <clears throat> of the sin within the nation and he killed uh, those who were considering sinful works. And so when I, when I bring rest to my God, uh, this you and your house will be saved becomes active. And so, if we love our our sons and daughters, and we want to keep them, then without the covenant of salt and covenant of rest, this will not happen. And so, being priests to God, having the responsibility of intercessors, we as Phinehas are responsible, not just for ourselves, but also those under our responsibility. And so, making... We, uh, when we perform these works and we, come, and we judge the wicked, we then demonstrate obedience and we in this way save then ourselves from being corrupted by sin and in this way we then are able to preserve. John ten nine. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And so the phrase that I will go in and go out, that means that he will be, that we will go in into the Ark of the Covenant or Ark of Salvation, which symbolizes the death of Christ. And then we will go out of the death of Christ and will find new pastures. And so to lead us into this rest we need to satisfy God first and not just our own requirements or requests. And so what can we highlight here? This promise is anew for me. The promise you and your house will be saved works only for those people who have brought rest to the heart of the Father. Fifth component of power contained in the name Nathaniel, the son of Tholomew. One representing the virtues of true worship, is demonstrated in our belonging to the faith of Abraham. Genesis twenty twenty two 1-3. through 3. Now it came to pass, after these things, that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, a son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. We'll pay attention to the aspect of faith where God, where Abraham obeyed God. and his uh, his willingness to bring his as an offering his beloved and only son and because he believed that he would raise him from the dead because he knew that he gave to him Isaac as a promise and so he said kill your son and and he, and he believed that if i bring him he believed it, and he said prove this faith to me and so he has chopped the wood He has taken everything he needed so that he could bring him as an offering. And so, I have everything. I've laid him on the altar. I've tied him up. I have the knife in my hand. And he was just about to take his life, and then God stopped him. And the seed of promise was turned to prophet Isaac is the guarantee of God given to Abraham, the seed which God... And this is the, that where God had showed Abraham the city whose builder and, and maker is God. And so the components of true worship in the given situation is demonstrated in Abraham and Abraham's necessity to give this guarantee that he was given, this promise that he was given, and he was supposed to give it for God's keeping by offering it as a sacrifice. And so in this case, if is our soul, our soul needs to go through or pass through the process of death. If we don't understand this principle, then we will never be able to turn to profit our salvation in the form of our Isaac, and we will not be able to then become partakers of the city whose builder and maker is God. In the given principle in worship, if we do not lose in God our Promise or guarantee it will never resurrect. For Isaac, for Abraham, was not the city whose builder and maker is God, but was the seed, the little grain, the city of the city. And for Abraham to build a seed, this Abraham he needed to sow his sow his son as the seed, and it needed to die. This is one of the elementary components without which we will not see the kingdom of heaven. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-six through thirty-eight. Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, so that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps weed or some other grain. But God gives g- gives it a body as He pleases, and to each seed its own body. And so the Lord wants to preserve our salvation. In this, uh, He must have preserved this. Uh, seed are guarantee through off by, by the form of or by the means of offering or as a form of sacrifice sixth component of the power contained in the name Nathaniel, the son of ofholomew one representing the virtue of true worship is demonstrated in building the altar in Beersheba genesis 26 eighteen through twenty five. And isaac dug again the well of water which they had dug in the day of abraham his father for the philistines had stopped them up had stopped them up after the death of abraham he called them by the names which his father had called them also isaac's servant dug in the valley and found a well of running water there but the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with isaac's herdsmen saying the water is ours so he called the name of the well Esek, because they quarreled with him then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that one also. So he called his name Sitna, and he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over that one. So he called its name Rehoboth, because he said, For now the Lord has made room for us, and He and we shall be fruitful in the land. Then he went up from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him, the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham, do not fear for I am with you, I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servants Abraham's sake. And so he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servant dug a well. And so worshiping, building yourself as a living sacrifice and as a burnt offering, we build ourselves into a burnt offering. And so I'm both an altar and the offering as well in this case. And so for true worship, you also need the right place that God will appoint where you need to build the altar to Him. Exodus 20, 24 through 26. An altar of earth you shall make for me, and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen, and every place where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. And if you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stone for if you, you if you use your tools on it you have profaned it nor shall you go up by steps to my altar that your nakedness may not be exposed on it <clears throat> Exodus 20:24 20, through 26 And so if we again don't bring the offering properly or correctly or go up by your steps, it uh, means also to think of yourself humbly and and not more than you should. That's what that symbolizes. And so the offering of the, the altar, when it was built, there, was no, uh, there wasn't steps made so that you go up to the altar. You just approach the altar. And so every time you want to build yourself as a living sacrifice, and also as an altar, you don't go up in steps to God. You continue to think of yourself humbly and not more than is needed. And so how do you build yourself into an altar and also into an offering? In Hebrew, the phrase, I will make a remembrance for my name upon the place where we build ourselves" it is equal to the phrase, and the Lord remembered. And so make a remembrance for my name is the place upon which my name will be called, the place that I will acknowledge as holy, the place that I will keep in the memory of my heart, and the place that will be my rest. This is God's place. And so this place that the Lord revealed to Isaac to build his altar as a remembrance for his name is Beersheba, or the well of sevens, or the well of oaths. And so if we begin to worship not in Beersheba, representing the essence of the Spirit and essence of the truth, then such worship will not bring out God's favor, but will bring forth His wrath upon us. And so the place of worship is important, and finding such a place are the wells, if we remember, they were the wells of his father, Abraham, which they had uh, been buried by the Philistines and they undug, and he named them by the same names that Abraham gave them, Isaac named them. And once they finally received their same appearance after being undug, Isaac, like Abraham, began to dig other wells that the uncircumcised Philistines tried to quarrel for, just as they did uh with the previous ones that abraham had dug out and so when he had dug another yet well that nobody can quarrel for and about which he had said this is the place of our dwelling the free that the lord has allowed for us this is the covenant of rest this specific well rehobo gives us the ability to then appointed place for Isaac. This is the place that God appointed for Isaac. This is the place where he was able to call upon the name of the Lord. And so this other well that had become the territory for a building of the altar was the revelation of the bride of the Lamb or the city whose builder and maker is God. Why are we lo- looking at this truth? We're undigging b- these wells to <clears throat> reveal to us the place to understand the actual place where we need to bring the altar or build the altar and bring our offering on it <clears throat> and as we know that the truth in in god's oaths, where god gives us the truth in a form of a <clears throat> of his oaths, uh, is where we can then bring these offerings and trust upon him And these are the places where the Lord is able to give us his revelations, his promises. Seventh component of power contained in the name Nathaniel, the son of Ptolemy, one representing the virtues of true worship, is demonstrated in building an altar in Bethel. Genesis 35, through 1-5. 1-15. Then God said to Jacob, Rise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make an altar there to God, and appear... and god who appeared to you when you fled from the face of esau your brother and jacob said to his household and to all who were with him put away the foreign gods that are among you purify yourselves and change your garments then let us arise and go to bethel and i will make an altar there to god who answered me in the day of distress and has been with me in the way which i have gone so they gave jacob all the foreign gods which they which were in their hands and the earrings which were in their ears and jacob hid them under the terebinth tree which was by Shechem. And so in the East, uh, there were specific sy- symbolic uh, jewelry that was worn. <clears throat> and so in this case he had buried all of this. And they journeyed and the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob he sanctified himself, and immediately around him God's fear fell upon those that were around him. So Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. And he built an altar there and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. Now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried below Bethel under the Terebinth tree. Then God appeared to Jacob again when he came from put Aram, and blessed him. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob any anymore, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful. Multiply a nation, and a company of nations shall proceed from you, and kings shall come from your body. The land which I gave Abraham and Isaac I gave to, I give to you, and to your descendants after you I give this land. Then God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. So Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with with him a pillar of stone and he poured a drink offering on it and he poured oil on it and jacob called the name of the place where god spoke with him bethel in the given situation worship this is where god has placed a memory for his name bethel is the house of god and the previous name was loose which means almond tree and almond tree is vigilance over your word or over god's word meeting with god in this place jacob promised that if god will return him back to the land of abraham and isaac then he will make this place a house of god bethel and everything that he receives all his income he will give to god his tenth part of all of that and so how do we make we enter into this covenant of rest we come familiar with the son of god with the holy spirit we came familiar with enoch Abraham, with with Isaac and Jacob, they all show us how you need to be a warrior in prayer, how to worship in spirit and in truth. How amazingly uh, our apostle reveals all of this to us, so that we know what does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth. And eighth, component of power contained in the name Nathaniel, the son of Tholomew, one re- representing the virtues of a true worshiper, is demonstrated in bringing yourself an offering, bringing yourself as an offering to God as a sweet, sweet-smelling aroma. Ephesians five one two. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love, and as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us, and offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. The component of worshiping God is is the accord understanding the depths and the heights and the width and, and length of the essence of worship bring yourself as an offering and as a sacrifice to god as a sweet smell, smelling aroma where we receive them the ability to know and to, in, to be penetrated with the and also be saturated with the perfect will of god romans 12 1 2 i beseech you brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable to god which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god right now we are going to pray and i call every holy person to this place that would like to know what the good acceptable and perfect will is and knowing this begins this knowledge begins with knowing what God has done for us, what Christ has done for us, being familiar with His deeds, with His will. We're in the covenant of blood. He shed His blood for our forgiveness. And we received forgiveness. And in His resurrection, we received justification and deliverance from our sins, our our, <clears throat> our our anger, our offenses. We can't come to the perfect will not first having established God's goodwill in his covenant of blood. And upon this place, we will establish this covenant of blood so that the Lord will allow us to grow in the covenant of salt and the covenant of rest. We wait for you here at the altar. I'm going to be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God is on your side. He is not against you. He has loved you with an eternal love. He has given us the work of his redemption. He has stood between us and our enemies to defend us and protect us and lift us to his level. Close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to God. This is a symbol that your hands are without wrath or doubt. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ I come to you and upon this holy place in the church of your holy nation I open up my heart so that you may see my pain my wounds my suffering inflicted by sin and lust that I hate and that I reject I come to you with my dependence with sin that binds me, illnesses, fears, pampered dignity, and dishonor. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, restore me, protect me with the blood of your Son. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to testify that in accordance to your words, I am washed I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May He look upon you with His great face and show your mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you but they won't touch you. May upon you the blessing of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills be may this be upon you and your children and the nation shall say amen All of the precious promises that we read about today they're accessible upon our website. So you can hear it in the form of a video and also uh, in text form as well now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to god our savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.